0: Good morning from Redeemer's Church. Thank you so much for tuning in this morning. And for those of you who will be tuning in later, we love you and we're so grateful for all of you that will be watching this morning. Uh, So welcome. Uh, Last week, Pastor Dwight shared a message titled Because of the Cross. And what he did in that message is he focused on so many of the benefits that we have received through our faith in Jesus and what he did on the cross as well as his resurrection. And one of those benefits that Pastor Dwight focused on was a lasting, enduring hope. How many of you know that a lasting hope is a hope That in that endures. It is a hope that is not diminished in and through difficulties. It is an expectation that God will be good through what we are experiencing, no matter what it looks like. And so this Sunday morning, I want to talk to you from the topic of enduring faith. And enduring faith is a lasting faith. It is a faith that remains. When I think about enduring faith, I think about a passage of scripture in Ephesians 6. It says this, having done everything to stand, still stand firm. That's what an enduring faith looks like. It's a faith that is still standing when the proverbial smoke clears and the dust settles. That's the type of faith that I want to talk about this morning. So let's talk about what enduring faith looks like and how we can have it. Will you just join me in prayer? God, we thank you so much for this morning. God, we thank you for what you're going to speak uh, to us, God, what you're going to inspire us in and encourage us and challenge us in. God, we thank you that your word is so powerful, so alive, so relevant, for where we are at in life today. And so God, we just ask that your Holy Spirit would be with us, that you would just empower us, God, to walk out your word with courage and boldness in the hour that we are in this morning. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. If you have your Bibles, and I hope that you do, will you just turn with me to Luke chapter 18, specifically verses one through eight. We're gonna focus on the, the tail end of that, verses four through eight. But I just kinda of wanna give you a little bit of background about this particular passage of scripture. Jesus is sharing a parable. And matter of fact, many of the times that Jesus spoke, he often spoke in parables, and there's always a purpose to the parables that Jesus shares. The parables are always are these stories where he is always trying to illustrate spiritual truths that his audience can grab a hold of. And in this particular parable, uh, Jesus is is sharing this parable for the purpose of encouraging the people who believe in him, his followers, to always pray and never give up. And so in this uh, passage of scripture, he's really focusing in on enduring in intercession or persevering and pressing into God. And so uh, in this passage, it goes on to say this, that there's this story about this persistent widow. And this widow is uh, taking her case before a judge. And Jesus actually describes this judge as an unjust judge and this poor widow wants justice served and so she pleads her case before the unjust judge and it says in this story that this unjust judge turns her down he does not grant her justice initially but because of her persistence and her endurance in seeing her situation changed, we finally see a turn. We finally see justice given to her. And so picking up in verse four of chapter 18 of, of Luke, we see that Jesus is sharing this story. And in verse four, it says this. It says, he the judge, ignored her pleas for quite some time, but she kept asking. Eventually, she, uh, he said to himself, this widow keeps annoying me, demanding her rights, and I'm tired of listening to her, even though I'm not a religious man and don't care about the opinions of others. I'll just get her off my back by answering her claims of justice. Have you ever had someone so persistent that you just want to be left alone and so you just do whatever they want you to do? It sounds like a lot of kids today who are just uh, on your back, persisting and pushing and pushing. This is how that widow was with this judge. She was pushing and she was persistent. And this judge finally says, you know what? I don't want to give her justice, but because she won't leave me alone, I'm going to get her off my back and grant her justice. And so he says this, he says, I'll just get her off my back by answering her claims for justice and I'll rule in her favor. Then she'll leave me alone. And I want you to take note of what Jesus says here, because this is where the crux of the message comes from this morning. It says in verse six of Luke chapter 18, the Lord continued and he said, did you hear what the ungodly judge said? that he would answer her persistent request. Don't you know that God, the true judge, will grant justice to all his chosen ones? Listen to me this morning, I've got good news for you. If you have put your faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and your savior, you are one of the chosen ones that Jesus is talking about here in this passage of scripture. Don't you know the true judge will grant justice to all of his chosen ones who do what? Who cry out to him day and night, night and day. He will pour out his spirit upon them. He will not delay to answer you and to give you what you ask for. And it goes on to say this in verse eight, God will give swift justice to those of you who do not give up. And Jesus tells us right here, what it looks like to not give up. Look, uh, Not giving up looks like this. Number one, he says, so be ever praying. And two, ever expecting just like the widow was with the judge. Ever praying, I don't know about you, but ever praying looks a lot like enduring faith. Ever expecting looks a lot like Enduring hope. So be ever praying and ever expecting, just like the widow was with the judge. And Jesus asks an important question that is rhetorical in nature, but it's such a powerful, powerful question to those who are listening to him in this moment. He says, Yet when the Son of Man comes, that is, when he himself would return after his death, burial, and resurrection, and ascension. Listen, there will be a glorious dissension when Jesus comes back and returns. And he's referring to this moment. And he says this, he says, Yet when the Son of Man returns, when Jesus returns, will he find this kind of persistent faithfulness in his people? Another translation says it this way. Will he, Jesus... Find this kind of faith on the earth. Listen to me this morning. If you've grown up in church or been in church for a long time, then many of you already know that the Bible tells us that tomorrow is not promised. We have no idea how long we are going to live. Life is often a vapor, as Jesus, as Scripture says, taking it even a step further than that. We don't even know when Jesus will return. And if you read and study Scripture, you know Jesus didn't even know when he was going to come back, according to Matthew chapter 20, uh, 24, verse 36. He doesn't even know when he's going to return. Only God the Father knows that. So what that tells us, is that all we have is today. So I ask you today the same question that Jesus asked that day. If Jesus were to return today, would he find this kind of persistent, enduring faith in you and I? See, that's the question that I have for you this morning. This is an important question to consider because this is the type of faith that God is actually attracted to. An enduring faith, and a, a persistent faith, a faith that actively draws near to God. It's not a passive belief. The book of Hebrews actually tells us about this type of faith. In Hebrews eleven six in the New American Standard Translation, it says this, and without faith, it is impossible to please God. I want you to listen to how this faith that pleases God is described as we continue in this scripture. It goes on to say this, For he who comes to God must not just believe that he is, but he must be a seeker. A seeker, that's an active word. Your faith needs to be active. This is the type of faith that pleases God. God rewards active faith, not just this initial belief in him, but an intentional act of faith on a day-to-day basis. For he who comes to God must believe he is, and he is a rewarder of those that seek him. The faith that pleases God is active. You know, enduring faith is a faith that does not shrink Back. It's a faith that presses into God and moves forward. And this is the type of faith that Jesus is going to be looking for when he returns. Will he find this kind of faith on the earth in you and I? As I've been thinking about this time that we are currently in, I know that as time continues to go on, our faith in God is going to be tested more and more. Maybe you have already felt like uh, that. You're, felt like your faith has been tested and challenged. Maybe you've been already wrestling with your faith in light of doubts and fears and isolation and the unknown. Maybe you've been questioning if God is hearing your prayers and what is he doing? I've been walking through many of those things myself, but as I have been doing that, the Holy Spirit reminded me of this passage of scripture. And I couldn't help but ask myself this question that I ask you today as well. What will my faith look like when all of this is over? Will my faith in God be stronger or weaker? Listen to me this morning. This is such an important question to consider because how I navigate through this time will determine if my faith is the kind that Jesus is looking for. And I don't know about you, but I think this time, this time that we are living in is a perfect opportunity for God to refine and purify our faith in him. What will my faith look like in him when this is all over? Jesus is looking for enduring faith. So what does enduring faith look like? I have four things that I want to share with you. The first is this. An enduring faith is a faith that is growing. I'll say that again. An enduring faith is a faith that is growing. How has your faith grown in and through this time? Has it gotten stronger? Is it stronger than when you first believed in Jesus? An enduring faith is a faith that is growing. In 2014, I ran a half marathon, 13.1 miles i will probably never run a half marathon again uh when i crossed the finish line matter of fact when i crossed the finish line i collapsed from exhaustion and one of the first things that i thought as i was laying in the grass after i had finished was how in the world do marathon runners do what i just did back to back in the same day 26.3 Two miles. But nevertheless, I finished. I endured till the end. But the truth is, is running uh, did not and still does not come naturally to me. There are people who have the gift to run, but that is not me. I had to grow my endurance as a runner to be able to run that 13.2 miles. And for me, I was not going to be able to run 13.2 miles until I first endured running 3.2 miles. See, my capacity to run 13.2 miles came through enduring every mile that came before that. Our faith is no different. Our faith is a muscle that develops endurance as it goes through times where endurance is demanded of our faith. All too often, we want to have an enduring faith without having to go through something that requires endurance. But that is not how this works. We don't get an enduring faith without having to endure something. James, the brother of Jesus, actually talks about this in the first chapter of the book written after his own name. James chapter one, verses two through four. Listen to this. Consider it all joy, my brothers, when you encounter various trials. Now watch this. Knowing that the testing of your what? Your faith. Produces endurance. I love that because James is giving us a heads up on what we can expect to happen in our lives if we embrace the testing of our faith. The testing of our faith will produce endurance, but he doesn't just end it there. He takes it a step further because we have a role to play. What he says next is so important in growing and enduring faith. He says this in verse 4, and let endurance have its perfect work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything." I love that, listen to me. In order for you to grow in enduring faith, sometimes you need to allow what you are enduring through to run its course. So many times when I was running, I wanted to stop running before I got to my finish line. But where my endurance was developed most is when I ran one step further than I believe I could. And enduring faith always grows most, listen, where we don't think we can have any more faith in God. I want to encourage you this morning that in this season, If you feel like your faith is being tested, embrace it. Allow endurance to have its perfect work in you. Because uh, when you do that, when you embrace what you're going through, it is going to grow an enduring faith. Second thing that I want to talk about uh, that, that enduring faith looks like is number two, enduring faith is flexible enduring faith is flexible. Often our faith becomes inflexible. And how, how, how does it become inflexible? Well, it becomes inflexible when our expectations of what God is going to do in our lives often go unmet. And what happens as a result, we can become mad or we can become angry or we can become bitter at God because we expected him to do something in a way that we thought he would do it, and it didn't Happen. Has your faith become rigid or is it still flexible? Is it still pliable? Listen to me, ex, a flexible faith is a faith that perseveres beyond moments where perhaps God did not, not meet our expectations. A flexible faith is a faith that surrenders personal expectations and preferences about what God should do and how he should do it. A flexible faith is a faith that still follows God, even though what he may be saying and what he may be doing isn't matching with how we perceived that he would move. How flexible is your faith? When I think about flexible faith, I think about the declaration that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego made in Daniel chapter 3. As the story goes, They have refused to bow down and worship the golden image of King Nebuchadnezzar. And so as a result, he is going to punish them by killing them, uh, by throwing them into a fiery furnace. And I want you to listen to what these young men said and how flexible their faith in God was. Daniel chapter 3, verses 16, it says this, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. If we are thrown into the fiery blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power. But I want you to notice in this next verse, how flexible their faith was. It goes on to say in verse 18, but even if he doesn't, that is a declaration of flexible faith. Even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue that you have set up. I love this story because what it does it challenge, is it challenges what I like to call the contingencies that I could have in my faith. By contingency, I mean the things that I want to have in place, the conditions or the parameters that I want to have in place in my life in order for me to have faith in God. And I am challenged by how these young men removed the contingency of their expectation of what God would do. That is what flexible faith looks like. So enduring faith is a flexible faith. Number three, an enduring faith finds strength in remembering what God has already done. Oh man, the author of Hebrews speaks to this. You know, uh, whoever wrote Hebrews, whether it was Paul or someone else, uh, they were writing it to a body of Jewish believers who had accepted Jesus as the Messiah. And through persecution and ridicule and so many people dying, they were struggling with their faith. And, and what the author of Hebrews does is he begins to uh, encourage them by telling them how Jesus is better than anything they could they could go back to. They were wanting to walk away from their faith. And so the author of Hebrews is trying to get them to understand That Jesus is better than all of that. And in this, in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 32 through 34, he says something very interesting. He says, think back on those early days when you first learned about Christ. Remember how you remained faithful, even though it meant terrible suffering. Sometimes you were exposed to public ridicule and were beaten. And sometimes you helped others who were suffering the same things. You suffered along with those who were thrown into jail. And when all you owned was taken from you, you accepted it with joy. You knew there were better things waiting for you that will last forever. See, the author of Hebrews is encouraging these young Christians who would read this letter to remember what God has already done in their lives so that they could find strength for today and tomorrow in their faith in doing it. Listen to me, there is a strength, there is a tenacity, there's a boldness that comes in our faith when we continually remind ourselves of all the things that God has already done to demonstrate his faithfulness. Why is this true? Because we know in Revelations or the book of Revelation that we overcome the blood of the Lamb By the word of our testimony, our faith will grow stronger as we remind ourselves of the testimony of God's goodness in our lives. I remember having a conversation with someone that is just so close in my life and they were struggling in their relationship with God. And they were struggling, they were having these doubts. And the reason why they were struggling and having these doubts was they were questioning God's ability to provide for them. And as I heard them speak, because I knew their story, there was just a moment in the conversation where something rose up on the inside of me and and this, this courage or this boldness that rose up on the inside of me was because I knew their story. I knew how many times God had been faithful time and time again and out of nowhere in the middle of the conversation, I just spoke up and I said this statement to them. I said, has God never not provided? Has he never not provided for you? Has he never not came through for you? Double negatives, I don't care, listen to me. God is so faithful. What happened in that moment, why that rose up and I just spoke it was because I was remembering all of the times in their life that God had been faithful. And it gave me a strength and a tenacity and a boldness in the moment to say, you need to have faith because he's done this and he's done this and he's done this. He's been faithful time and time again. Paul says this in one of his epistles. He says, even when we are faithless, God is faithful for he cannot disown himself. So many times when we're wrestling in our faith and we're discouraged by what we're going through, the way that we get out of that, the way that we develop an enduring faith is we recall and remember all of the times that God has already been faithful. See, an enduring faith finds strength in remembering what God has done. Last but not least, not only is an enduring faith a faith that is growing. Not only is an enduring faith a faith that is flexible, not only is an enduring faith one that finds strength in remembering what God has already done, but last but not least, and most importantly, an enduring faith is a faith that is fixed on the person of Jesus. I wanna close this message with a scripture that Pastor Dwight shared last week Hebrews chapter 12, verses one and two. It says, therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance or burden and the sin which so easily entangles us. And listen to this, let us run with endurance the race of our lives that is set before us. And how do we do that? How do we run this race with endurance? Listen to the solution that the author of Hebrews says. We can run this race of faith with enduring faith, with endurance and perseverance and tenacity. How, how can we do that? We can do that by what verse two says, by fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. Listen to me. Jesus is both the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. The Passion Translation says it this way, we look away from the natural realm and we fasten our gaze onto Jesus who birthed faith within us and who leads us forward into faith's perfection. You know, I love Jesus. And one of the things that I love about Jesus is that nothing that Jesus commands us Or expects out of us does he expect us to fulfill without his help in Luke 18 when he said when I come back will I find an enduring faith upon the earth he said it knowing that he is the originator of our faith and the perfecter of our faith and so one of the things that he's saying is this If you continue to fix your eyes on me through everything that you go through, I will perfect your faith so that you will have the faith that I'm looking for when I come back. That is good news. We are not left alone. It is not about our faith effort. When we fix our eyes on Jesus, he's the one that is going to allow us to persevere. He's the one that's going to cause us to have flexible faith. He's the one that's going to recall to us all the times he's been faithful already. When we fix our eyes on Jesus, our faith is going to be perfected. It's going to be refined. It's going to be purified. And it is going to become the enduring faith that Jesus is looking for when he returns. That is so good. In light of where we are this morning, you know, one of the things that that is glaringly clear is no one really knows how long this season is going to last. We all want to get back to the rhythm that we had before this happened. And certainly these times are going to test our faith, but let's make the choice this morning to grow our faith by persevering through. Let's choose to have a flexible faith that will still hold firm to God, even if and when he may not meet our expectations the way that we would want him to. Let's find strength for today and tomorrow in remembering all that God has already done for you and I. And lastly, let's keep it simple and just remain fixed and focused on the person of Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. As we close, I want to pray for you wherever you are will you just bow your heads close your eyes join in prayer with me Jesus wherever we are wherever anyone is that is listening to this or watching this God I pray this morning that they would be encouraged and inspired by your word God to have an enduring faith Lord as we are having to persist as we are going through these tests uh, and trials and situations and challenges. God, I pray that the word this morning would inspire us to walk out what it looks like to have an enduring faith. God, we thank you that we do not have to endure on our own, but God, as we fix our eyes on you, the author and the finisher of our faith, you are going to perfect our our faith so that it is the type of persistent enduring faith that you are looking for when you will return on the earth so god just be with us continue to demonstrate your faithfulness to us god we love you and god we thank you so much for the things you've already done and the things that you are going to do in jesus name amen Thank you so much for tuning in and listening this morning. I pray that you were encouraged. We love you and we're so grateful for you. As I have continued to say, we hope and pray that we will see you sooner than later. Have an amazing rest of your Sunday. God bless you.